Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. And do we have a special episode and guest for you today? <laughs> None other than Andrew Cross, my partner in Exit Your Way. We're going to be talking today about the DIY business sale. For all of you business owners out there that want to understand and learn more about selling a business yourself, we're going to talk about some of the things and uh, the steps you need to take to do that. So, Andrew, awesome having you here today, man. Hey, hey, good to see you. Yeah. Hello, yep. everybody. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this is a, a, a really good topic, you know, because um, I think one of the things that's misunderstood um, about, you know, exiting a business is that, yeah, it is possible to do it yourself. You don't, yeah. you don't necessarily need us brokers involved. Yeah. Um, so um, we kind of talk a little bit about that today, although. I think most of the time it probably is good to have a broker involved, but yeah, there, there definitely are times. I mean, we talked about this over the years that, that we really wanted to create at least a, a, a guide uh, of some sort for people that, that you can't help or that it isn't right. And, mm -hmm. and, and to, to give them a little bit of information and that's what we're hopefully going to do here today. So, um, so let's just get started, man. You know, selling a business. Let's talk about, uh, you know, where do you think some of the times that selling a business could be appropriate for an owner? Um, try to sell it yourself. You know, I mean, brokers, um, you know, just like anything else, our, our fees are a lot, you know, and if, if you're a small business um, um, or you don't have anything particularly complicated uh, about your business, then you know, it, it may not make sense to use a broker in the transaction necessarily. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, although I will caveat that we can kind of run through how you do it. How do you yeah. sell a business oh. on your own? It's really, we just can tell you because there's no secret sauce here. Um, no. A lot of it's common sense, but it is, it is a lot of work. And, yeah. you know, at the end of this, you can say, okay, well, I don't mind doing that, but uh, it might make sense for me to, to get in touch with a broker and use them to do all this. Cause it's just a lot of work. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, brokers, investment bankers are doing this stuff every day. They're, they're doing this kind of thing, but there are times certainly when it is, is more appropriate, you know, based on fees sometimes too, if it's a, if it's a transaction to someone that, you know, that it's, I should say it's still a third party transactions, but if somebody, you know, really well, and you know, the terms and everything else, I mean, at some points it's just like, maybe you want a lawyer to write up the documents and call it good. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. uh, there, there's just times when it's a lot easier than it is, but if you're going out onto the open market, I think that's that to me with a business of, of size, it's, it, it is a differentiator and, yeah. and it kind of sets you apart and you probably need to have help with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, especially too, it depends on what you're trying to achieve. 
uh, yeah. with the transaction. If you, you know, and that's one of the biggest obstacles uh, for business owners is the lack of knowledge of what you know how to value a business. You know, what's the market like? What is the process for selling it? Because they're just, you know, um, there isn't a lot of information available uh, to them. They, you really all you can see and really understand about business transactions or when they transfer is looking at uh, public market. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, that happens every day. There's acquisitions, you know, you have valuations done, share prices, price earnings ratios. But, you know, that's that has absolutely nothing to do with small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the majority, majority of us are small businesses privately. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. and they're valued differently and, and uh, you know, but there is a market for them and, you know, uh, it's, you know, I think people are generally aware of that in business owners. Mm -hmm. There is a market to sell their business. Um, I yeah. think a lot of times, a lot of them, a lot of business owners go along thinking, I don't know, you know, uh, they don't really truly believe that somebody would actually buy their business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah that's a, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. So as, as we start, start thinking about, you know, I'm a business owner, I'm thinking, Hey, maybe it's right for me to try to do this myself. So we start going through the process. What are some of the, what are some of the things I have to start thinking about? Well, you, A, you have to think ahead of time. <laughs> so and understand that the, the process of selling business takes time mm -hmm. um, and you need to prepare for the sale um, and prepare your business no different than if you were selling your your house you mm -hmm. know uh you know take a look hey i'm thinking about selling the house but you know we might need to do a little painting we might need to do a little of this a little of that you know to stage it and get it ready to go to market you, you need to do those things too so um yeah and, and understanding that is understanding about, you know, what, what the buyers are looking for. Cause now yeah. you're selling, you're not selling your product or service anymore. You're selling a business and you know, it's, that's a different ball game. Um, you're probably used to selling your products and services and have been doing it for years, but it's a different customer now Yeah, when it comes to this. And it's a one shot deal typically. Yeah. It's a good point because the buyers of businesses have a much different viewpoint than the sellers that have been in that business for a long time. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so that's some of the things um, when you, when you look at, you know, publicly traded companies um, you know, it's pretty easy to evaluate and, and establish what the market is for those. But when you look at, small businesses with, you know, maybe one owner, maybe a couple owners or partnerships, you know, they don't have to, you know, they can do their books or their financials their way. And they mm -hmm. often do, you know, yeah. um, but in public markets, you know, they, they have to do them a certain standard way that everybody recognizes and understands as, as accepted principles. Otherwise you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And, and uh, and, you know, they've got public people's money involved in that. So it's highly regulated and all that kind of stuff. But business owners can do whatever they want with their books and often do. Yeah. It, it, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, running your business. If you, if, if the books work for you and the way you do them, the financials, and you understand them, that's fine. But when you go to sell your business, if it's not recognizable to somebody on the outside. <laughs> That's a great point because you can run your, you can literally run your business out of a checkbook if you want mm -hmm. and do your taxes, however the heck you have to do your taxes. And, and that's just fine for you. But when it goes time to show a potential buyer, 
the performance of your business from a financial standpoint, they have to be able to easily understand it and then also be able to make sure that whatever systems you have in place are going to be easy for them to take over. Yeah. So, and, and 99% of the time when we work with a client, we spend a good deal of time before we put a business on the market, you know, recasting, normalizing and, and, and cleaning up financials so that there is a good reporting mechanism for, for that, that is recognizable basically is what you have to get to. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, that's a good way to say it. They, their financials have to be recognizable and easily understood and, and, and also have to really pass the muster of not just the buyer, but maybe the buyer is going to have a CPA or another firm looking at the financials and the yeah. data behind it. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, that's the thing that I think for anybody who wants to, to sell a business has to understand that, you know, it's not just a buyer buying the business, you know, yeah. they probably, there's a lot of stakeholders involved, you know, uh, most likely they'll use a bank. Um, and they'll get a loan. And so basically you have to also get through the bank. And so mm -hmm. the deal has to make sense to them. Um, and if you've got financials that have a lot of personal um, things or non-related business items that are run through there, which people do for tax purposes, mm -hmm. then, then uh, you got to clean those up uh, yeah. and start doing that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. You know, and this is a, a thing that, that, again, plan ahead because you can't change those things overnight. And, yeah, you know, it, if you want to sell your business, um, you may want to reduce your income so you don't have to pay as much taxes over the years. But at the end, that'll cost you at, at the exit. So in uh, selling your business. less income shows less value in the company. And, yeah, you know, so there's two different things that we have to look at uh, what the yeah. true cash flow is of the business and the tax cash flow are completely different things. Yeah, that's a great point because if you're running a business and, you, and you're normally running it, I'm in the middle of my, my career and my business, I can try to reduce taxes as much as I can. But when you come to the, the end and the last, you know, three to five years of owning your business, you, you may want to not stick all those deductions into your business or at least clarify which ones you're doing for tax purposes, which is yeah. legal to do, and which ones that are actual necessary business expenses, as Correct. I've heard you say many times. Yeah. We call that um, those are those are write-offs. I mean, let's, let's yeah. talk about what they are. But you know, um, legitimate or not legitimate, uh, if it's not legitimate, yeah, you definitely need to clean that up. Yeah, as uh, a you know. Um, you get, you know, like I said, you're going to pay, pay now or pay later. That's the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the last three years of owning your business, you definitely want to maximize your, your net income and, and the cash flow of the business to, to do it. And I think, and, yeah. and the, no, the and other, those, those expenses are called discretionary. Yeah. There you go. We call them discretionary because you may use them as a write-off. You may, for a good example is you, you may write off your, you know, in your business, you might write off your car as an automobile expense, it's totally legitimate, but in actuality, it's discretionary. Do you, does that business really require a vehicle? Right. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't, because what we want to do is we want to see the maximum amount of cash flow that comes from the business. So we want to, those discretionary expenses, we might want to add those back or reduce them so that mm -hmm. when the cash flow goes up, um, that's yeah. kind of how that works. So, yeah.
Yeah. So it's, it's really important to understand your, your finances, get your financial information together, get it clear, get it concise, get it at least consistent so people can see it. Cause that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and reconcile properly if you do it yourself yeah. or you get a good bookkeeper that, that does it on a regular basis because everything needs to, you know, buyers are going to come in and, you know, see financials and it says you made this much money this month. Um, they're going to want to make sure that that goes back to the cash and it actually happened. Um, yeah. And you can only, you know, you got to balance the checkbook. Yep. Yep. And, That's and even in bigger businesses that we sell, I mean, they, they go through the process of, of taking the cash from a sale to when it hits the bank mm-hmm. and, and counting the numbers that way, just to make mm-hmm. sure that everything's flowing through like it should be. And yep. actually as they get bigger, it gets worse. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and, scru- and, the scrutiny gets more more. And this isn't just something when I say small businesses too, I have run across businesses that are 30, 40 million in revenue with 30 or 40 employees that don't reconcile. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and all it does, you know, is eventually if you make one mistake and, and miss a zero, um, you could be off your, your accounts by, you know, builds over time. Yeah. So it's just a good, good thing. Yeah. So as we talk about preparing, I mean, we talked about the financials and then you talk about taxes. You know, this is, this is, you know, this is something for some business people. There could be some back taxes. There could be some sales tax issues there. You know, there's all kinds of things that happen, but it's not just anything with your income taxes has to be current and and you you got to have them filed right and everything like that and talk about that a little bit with taxes yeah i mean it, you know if you go through a sale um you know you're going to have to have a closing or a transaction and uh and and you can do that and any uh, any good business attorney or you know, find an attorney that you can handle that for you um we have people we work with all the time um that's the cost of, of doing a sale in a business that um you know, and if you're doing it yourself, but they, you know, all those, those guys will do their standard lien searches. Um, just like if, when you're also, again, buying a house or anything else, um, even a car, you know, they're going <laughs> to yeah. make sure there's no liens and titles are free and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, um, you know, there's things back there. So a lot of times we run into the end of the deal. We try to do that ahead of time before we get started to make sure we'll get through um, costs a little bit of money, but it's not that hard to do. And, um, and you've got to watch out for hidden those. I mean, a lot of times there was, there's, there's stuff back there that they weren't even aware of. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a tax problem from a long time ago. They didn't even realize and, or got missed, whatever it is. You get filed, you know, at the, the county register, those kind of things happen all the time. And sometimes there's stuff sitting on there and it's not, you know, sometimes you can, you know, it, you know, it doesn't mean you can't do a deal, but it, you know, it stalls and then you've got to go clean all that stuff up. Yeah. And some of that can take quite a while to do. And and when you're at that point, it's much easier to do that stuff ahead of time and, and have it done ahead of time. Yeah. And then, you know, your business, um, you know, the buyers um, who are coming in to look at a business, know that look at that you prepared well for this, you know, um, those kind of things. That is. And that's, that's one thing to think about when you, when you have your, when you, you are better prepared and organized that will get deals done faster. 
don't you think? Because the buyers see that you've got your, you know, poop in a group sort of, sort of. <laughs> yeah. faster or just get the deal done, period. <laughs> yeah. That's really what you're facing in, in a lot of these situations. It isn't a matter of, you know, how, how long it'll take. It's you got to get over these hurdles uh, to get to, uh, to get a deal done and, and get across the finish line. So you got to meet these requirements. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm going to write hurdles down because we can talk about that because there's some, there's some big ones in here as you run through it. So, um, you know, and then, then when you, when you're okay, so you're prepared for the business and you've taken, you've got your taxes cleaned up and there's some other things too. I mean, we've run into environmental issues or workers compensation kind of things. All that stuff has to be addressed before you go into that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and then really the next step is, you know, pricing. Yeah. yeah. That, that comes out. What you want for your business. Because um, like I said, you don't need a broker. If, you, if you've if got a number that, that makes sense um, and, and you can go to market, you can go make a deal with anybody. You don't even need to go to market, you, can, mm -hmm. you know, and that kind of stuff. But you really have to understand, you know, number one reason a business doesn't sell or is is because they're it's pricing it's a very sensitive uh market uh, mm -hmm. price. and if you're too high you know it's just gonna sit there yeah yeah and this is a common fallacy i think and and correct me if, if i'm wrong but what if a business is priced too high do people come in and offer lower prices or or what when they do that if it's priced too high what happens nothing they don't okay yeah, they just they just realize you know, um, and I think most cases too. I mean, that's we try to be proactive to talk to them about that. What's the reason you're passing on this deal? Why don't you want to buy it? And, and, and sellers are often reluctant to do that. But if they see that that the price is that much out of whack, you know, it's not you know for them they just move on. Yeah, um, it, it, they they make the assumption you're really not ready to sell. Um, yeah. But, you know, the other factor is, too, and especially with small businesses, is that buyers are not as sophisticated uh, in a small deal um, on that side. So they don't know how to value it either. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so you've got that problem. Um, but I, I think if you're going to do it yourself, um, get a third party to come in and do a valuation. Yeah. Well, you because... get that, you know, that's a, another part about being prepared um, and going through the process of getting a formal valuation to market. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of valuations and there's a lot of people that can, that, that can do that kind of work. And, and we do that for clients as well. well. We'll go in and give them valuations for a lot of different reasons, but but just a market, you're trying to find your, your probable selling price, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a, a good valuator can help you do that. And then you'll have that as a basis for, you know, negotiating a deal that makes sense. Yes. yes. And, and one of the things I think that, uh, is is good about somehow determining the right uh, an appropriate value for their business is that a buyer can say they're going to pay whatever and as you said a little while ago the banker the banker is often the one that's going to say well yeah. i can only give loan so much money on this this transaction if i'm using the sba for example if you're under five million dollars of transaction size they have requirements that each bank has how much they'll loan based on the cash flow of the business yeah. and 
you you're it doesn't matter what the buyer says unless the buyer is willing to make up the difference in cash yeah and that's usually not the case <laughs> yes 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 but, you know i mean if 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 you can't get a loan approved you know um on this it's telling you something you know and yeah. you know and it they have their formula. So a, a, another good thing to do if to sell the company on your own, get a valuation done, go to a bank, talk to your bank and, and, and say, you know what? I want to sell my business. What do you think? Would you lend money to this if I find a qualified buyer? Um, you know, and they'll, they'll run you through it. And then, then it's really a good check on, hey, I'm, I'm definitely confident in, in what I can ask for this business. Yes. Know, for them, their, their way of looking at it is debt coverage and it's, you know, and they do the same thing when you apply for a loan for your house. They want to know what your income is. They look at everything because they you have to have enough cash flow to cover the debt. Certainly. Yeah. Now, buyers looking at a multiple of earnings and, you know, those kind of things as far as projections go. So they value it on a different way. But the market sets in. But at the end of the day, if there's not enough cash flow to run, that runs through that business to pay that debt service off, you know, you're uh, at that price that you're asking for or what the bank is lending it for then you're too high. You yeah. So yep. it's, not, it's not rocket science necessarily, but this isn't, the deal needs to make sense. The numbers need to make sense economically. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, any broker that tells you will we'll come in and get some knockout number for you. Um, it just, it doesn't work that way. Like I said, yeah. a very price sensitive market and it is what it is. So you have it's to, math. yep, it is math and you have to, um, you have to really take the emotion out of that because I know that I've, I've dealt with a lot of clients and it's disappointing. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, and another good practice too is maybe you're years and years from away from thinking about selling, like I said, plan ahead, but, you know, spend the money to do a, an evaluation annually. Yeah. And, and it's a good metric to see how your you know, performance, see how you're doing. And it's also something that you, then you can provide you know, to a buyer, when you go to say, Hey, you know, I do this annually, it's part of my process, you know, it's our review and it's, you know, how you, you develop your strategy going forward. So, Cause yeah. what, I, what uh, that'll do is also bring up areas that, you know, weaknesses that you need to address in order to yeah. do business uh, yeah. going through that process. Yeah. Cause a good valuation doesn't just go, okay, here's the numbers. They talk about management team. It talks about um, market. It talks about, you know, your customer concentration, a lot of other things. And, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, the yep. you know, putting your information in on a, a free market or free business valuator online is, is, is not going to get you. Yeah. Over, just be careful of that. They, they're not, they're not cheap. Even yeah. just for a you know in a market uh, valuation, a good one to give you a good you know market rate, um, yeah, a value is um, uh, you know five to ten thousand dollars depending on the complexity or the size of your business. So, yeah, and yep. you should you know don't don't cheap up on that because the run of them are just running formulas through and it's a numbers thing and it's not yeah. not the same thing. Uh, yeah. But understanding that value and valuing it appropriately on the sale is it will will do two things. One, you'll get you'll if you are going to get offers, you're going to get offers if it's priced right. Uh, and and two, it will keep you from a long time disappointment because if you've got your business priced wrong, too high, and 
you could you could it could sit on the market for months and months and months and months and you're you're just disappointed because you don't know why it's not moving why you aren't getting inquiries on your business and it's around price yeah yeah you just won't so, get any action on it at all so. and, and you know and that's and that's the thing about valuations is they change you know yeah. value your value today in six months from now can, can be drastically different um so it's good to go back and, and relook at it too but you know um you know, and one of the things about evaluation too is on that sales prices um, in a transaction, you know, that may be what the number is, but it doesn't mean that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, okay. you do have to figure that out too. Um, yeah. Because, uh, um, you know, when, then, then you know what to build for if you want to try and sell your business. For that's that's a good point. And I, 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 I think that this is probably the proper time to, to talk about that because if you if you sell a business for a million dollars that the total price for the business is a million dollars you don't walk away with a million dollars yeah i mean this is uh, typically these are asset sales um most of the time and they're going to buy the assets of the business not the liabilities they're going to want to have working capital provided which would be included in the sales price they're going to want um you know, they're, they're, they're going to want, um, uh, the, the, they may want, um, you to seller finance a portion of it. Uh, uh, rarely do you get all cash offers um, mm -hmm. unless you have something very specific, uh, that they need or some intellectual property, you know, where you get into that kind of thing, but you read about those, you know, in the tech industries, tech space, particularly the big cash sales and stuff like that. But typically, um, the banks also on, on these small business loans require seller financing. So it's mm -hmm. it's virtually a fact of life. You, but you you can figure out ahead of time what what your commitment would be to that. What you what you're going to have to do. Um, and then yeah, even if you have a ten million dollar sale on a company and the taxes come out of it, they hold have a hold back note. You don't get your receivables. <laughs> they they keep those because. That's the working capital, maybe some cash um, in the business. And then, you know, at the end at closing, you're getting four and a half million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just depends because you could, you could easily on that. If you had capital gains tax on the full 10 million, that would be 2 million or close state, to it now. State capital gains tax. Say if they got state capital gains, it could add more to that. And then you're going to have to um, pay down any debt because it's going to be a debt free sale. So if you've got a million dollars on the book and books and debt, so you drop another million dollars and then you sell or finance 25% of it. Yeah. That's another two and a half million that you don't get at that time. You'll get paid over time. It, yeah. it comes down to a lot lower number at the day of the close pretty quickly. Yeah. And and don't, don't worry about that, but just knowledge is power. Know it, yeah. you know, figure out what the number is, what the proceeds are from it. And yeah. you're going to expect to get some payment over time, yes. and, you know, and the value of the business or that number at the beginning is, you know, the terms are everything about it. It's not the number. And, you yeah. know, when that number covers um, in, in your value of the company, you've got more money. If you sell it for all cash, um, you know, there all buyers who say, hey, I'll offer you cash, but it's usually a lot less. Right. But yeah. if you're willing to sell our finances, you'll get more money take longer to do it and when we yeah. talk about earnouts to earnouts are you know it, based on the future performance of the company that means you're staying on potentially and, and and trying to see it through if you 
if they are, you know, if you're selling based on growth and projections into the future, sellers generally don't won't pay for that. that yeah. The buyer, the buyers will, if you're going to, if you said you can, you can grow it this much and you, they make include an earnout want you to be around to keep them, keep the business right. growing like that. Right. So if you meet the projections, you, you claim, you know, that we're going to be there for next year, um, see it through, then you get X amount of dollars and yeah. negotiate those kind of things. I don't, yeah. you know, if you're doing this yourself, um, that'd be a pretty tough one to I do. Would stay away from that. It, nobody likes it, but that's yeah. some, that is a way if you're comfortable with it, that's an opportunity. And you also, you have the energy to stay in the business and work on it. You have the, um, uh, you, you know, you have the, you could have the ability to, to get a premium or get more money, on get a bit more money. Yeah. Because you're being flexible on the terms. Like you said, yeah. it's not like so, a loss thing. You know, if it doesn't hit the targets then you don't get paid, you know, uh, it doesn't like they claw, you know, buyers don't typically want to go back and claw back money out of it. If you meet those, yeah. they have to assume that risk. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So when, when you talk about selling a business, the other thing that comes up is confidentiality. <laughs> yes. So talk a little bit about that and, and, and why that's important. Yeah. I mean, confidentiality, I mean, that's, you know, we, we represent our clients and that's a major, major, you know, function that we have to, it's part of our DNA is to be confidential. And it's, a, it's, it's a silly concept because you've got to keep everything secret. But how do you sell something if you can't tell anybody about it? Yeah. So, but there is a way, you know, there's a yeah. process for doing it. But you don't want, I mean, it's it's disruptive. You know, the minute somebody knows a business is going for sale, your employees tend to freak out. Your customers tend to freak out. Your competitors start to get nosy mm -hmm. <laughs> and want to want to poke around and see what's going on. Also, will you know, disparage you. <laughs> You, yeah. your, your clients and uh, it's a tough world out there, but that's, you know, you know, they're going to, they're going to negatively recruit. That's for sure. When they're out there selling. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, so for the most part, um, it, and, and some people have different thresholds. Some people want it completely confidential and nobody to know um, that I'm going towards uh, an exit and you got other people whose thresholds, not that high. I don't care. You can tell them it's for sale, you know, and that's fine. I, recommend that you keep it confidential even if it, you have a low threshold for it yeah um uh, because it's nobody's business and also um and i think you know psychologically it works as well i mean you're in order to sell your business you're going to have to open up your very confidential information you're going to show them your business plan it's your intellectual property it's the thing that's been making money you don't want everybody in the in their brother looking at it. You want qualified people who you know are qualified buyers, either financially and professionally as well. Um, you may have buyers who come in and and we do this all the time. We screen that you know come in and um, they may have PhDs, you know, and and you know uh, have all the money, but this is a, you know this business is functioning around sales. That's what you need your your thing is. Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's not a fit, and you know you can. With all good intentions, they may have all the money there and they want to buy the business, but going through diligence and all the way down to closing at some point, even somebody's going to go figure out, I really, I have no idea how to do this. And um, so, you know, it, it just ends up wasting your time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Good point. Good point. So in the confidentiality, I mean, it, it really is pretty simple. You're going to see this uh, when you when you look at businesses. There's there is the executive summary that you normally create for a business sale. That's that is the nondescript kind of gives you gives you the numbers, tells you an industry kind of thing, and you can see those in a lot of places. And then you once you um, get into the more detailed information, you're going to have to provide a lot more. Uh, after that for those buyers, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, marketing package, you know, it's, um, I mean, that's what, that's what we do to sell a business is you got to put together marketing materials to sell your business. Your valuation is a section of that, you know, we'll provide mm -hmm. data into that because that's the financial reason for buying this business. But again, what do buyers buy? And then a, you start out with an executive summary. That's an overview and it's one or it's one page and it tells you, the basics, you know, on that. And then you go into, um, but you know, they're going to want to know, um, you know, your employees, who they are, what their qualifications are, how long they've been there, you know, the, the, uh, the team, the equipment, if you have it, you know, if you're in that kind of business, you know, we have what's up to date, what's your technology stack? Um, what's your sales strategy? What are your projections? Uh, what, you know, what's the assumptions or basis for all those, all that's included in, is who your customers are, what your customer mix is. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it's a, it's a business plan. Yeah. Fundamentally, but it's, you know, geared towards more, you know, uh, supporting and asking price. Yeah. Yep. And there you go. You know, even very large businesses, but privately held business owners, you know, uh, they don't have to do business plans and many of them don't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, but, but uh, in order to sell a business, um, you kind of have to put it down on on paper so you can show the buyer. It's a playbook. Hey, yeah, it give is. Me, give me a check, and I'll give you the keys. And this is yeah. the playbook. This is how you run the business. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good that's a good way to describe that detailed document that has to have virtually everything about your business that someone would want to know because they're going to use that in the initial phase of looking at your business to make a to make a determination whether or not they want to put an offer in on your business correct and the bank too you know that's yes. something that you can preview with the bank to say hey you know would would they be able to fund this let's yeah. getting pre-qualified in a way for that that's what that process is and that's um that's excellent to do that ahead of time that'll yeah. really help you sell your business make it make it easy for the buyer because you don't you know, it's not like they know what to do necessarily. A lot of the times it's their first transaction like this as well. And like I said, we do a lot of educating to try and help them. Yeah, this is what you need to do. Go to the bank. This is what you're going to need to qualify. Yeah. So, you know, they understand that. Um, that that takes time. And if you do that ahead of time, you're really ahead of the game. Yeah. For the smaller business buyer, you know, definitely there's some first time buyers in there. There are going to be a lot of first time buyers, mm -hmm. uh, even in some of the multimillion dollar transactions, there's first time buyers in there that um, may or may not have you know, already established their SBA connection or, or whatever banking connection they're going to use to buy their business. And it is it is helpful to have that pre shown as a seller you can show it to the bank and get it get it pre-approved to a certain extent for mm -hmm. the right buyers and it's, it is a really good good thing to do so let's talk about buyers because i think that's one of the things that someone that's that's selling their own business is going to stumble on um right away 
and um because it it's it's you want to you want to talk to all these people but there's a process to do it there's there's steps that you should take so so talk a little bit about that because you can you can spend a lot of time on someone that is never going to buy your business yeah i mean you know, if you've done all the, the the cleanup work and you've got the materials prepared and you're ready to go to market, um, you know, you can approach um, a buyer from anywhere. So you need to think about who is the buyer. You know, what kind, what kind of person would buy my company? Um, do they need particular professional skills and background um, as well as the money? Obviously, everybody needs to be financially capable yeah. at, at that point. But, um, you know, could it be a competitor? Um, could it be somebody in a similar business that would help them, you know, uh, vertically integrate? And, it, and the deal about this is that uh, they often don't have an acquisition strategy like big companies do. So mm -hmm. publicly traded companies, they're, they have entire departments that their sole focus is just buying up other companies. That's how they, they grow. That's how they, you know, increase shareholder value. And yes. then, you know, so it's not it's not impossible, but it, again, if you've prepared well for it, you, we spend a bit of time trying to convince uh, you know, buyers to look at this opportunity, and because of, of what that potential and what that'll do to their their business strategically. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, but there's there's all kinds. Uh, buyers are generally there's there's individual buyers too that you know somebody who wants to be an owner operator has specific skill sets. Um, has the financial capability to do it. Maybe worked in, you know, corporate or something and, and had a, wants to get out and be an entrepreneur. I mean, those, mm -hmm. those are good buyers. They don't typically pay as highly as a strategic buyers, but that solves a lot of problems, especially if you're exiting the business because they're going to work in it. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and they're bankable, you know, but they can go to the SBA. Um, yep. Yep. Whoops. Did I hear? Then, <laughs> And then the other kind of buyers then are investor buyers, like private equity groups, family offices. Um, you probably you know read about these guys all the time because they're buying up companies more and more. There, they raise funds and have committed capital. Um, and you know, as like we talked about with the bank relationship too, is that a lot of times that those guys they don't come in with bank relationships; they shop these deals to the banks. They they're yeah. looking for the absolute best rates and turns they can get. So those are our professional buyers. And they've raised funds from investors that back them on it. Uh, yeah. And the one thing that I don't think people really quite understand about an investment buyer is if if your business is the right size and investment buyers are interested, they're really constrained on what they can do from a buyer's perspective by what they told their investors, what they're going to invest in the kind of, you know, terms they can do. There's a, there's a lot of specificity around mm -hmm. what they've told their investors that they have to do when they're making investments. Yeah. And well, there is also, they have, you know, and these are, they'll talk to you. I mean, if you have a business and you want to talk to a, an equity buyer, but they'll give you a, a, they're good buyers. They'll give you a detailed profile um, about what they're looking for, what industries they want to buy a company in, what size they're looking for. They do have thresholds, you know. So, you know, if you're if you're a really small business, you know, you're not going to it, it costs them too much to process a transaction that yeah. they, they wouldn't be interested. Uh, although, you know, they do what they call tuck in. Uh, basically, they may have if they have a if you're in healthcare, for example, and you have a small healthcare company, they would 
buy you as an add-on acquisition to their existing entity. So they mm -hmm. will take smaller deals to do that necessarily, but you don't get the money there yeah. in those transactions that you would. Um, and, and size matters. <laughs> yeah, size matters in the in a business sale. That's correct. And yeah. and a lot of a lot of people don't realize that as your dollars of revenue and profit go up, you get more per dollar of profit in value when you sell it. So you know, a five million dollar business per dollar of profit is worth much less than a fifteen million dollar or fifty million dollar business, and and the profits they generate from that same business. Yeah, yeah. it's called a size premium. Yeah. Um, um, businesses that larger businesses are perceived as more stable, you know, to investors and the market is, is, you know, they just, they get a lot more money in the, yeah. obviously the biggest companies. And that's why it's very difficult to, it's really apples and oranges. Don't look at a private, a publicly traded company, you read the news that's trading at 25 price earnings ratio. That has nothing to do with the small business. You're not even close. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Public company values are way, way higher and, and it is a size premium and also because they are public and the things they have to do go yeah. through to report their earnings and everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Financial it's, stuff. yeah. So but that, when, that, that, that I say that it's important because owners look at those big numbers and they, they think that translates to theirs. And that's where a lot of that disappointment comes from when you find out what the actual value is and yeah. our value. Value in small business world is the cash flow that supports the debt service. It's, you know, that also, you know, builds equity in the company. So it's common sense, but eventually a person who buys a, a small business is going to want to own it, you know, and, and, and the business will pay for, you know, what he, the cash he brought for that business over a reasonable amount of time, three yeah. years, five years, those kind of things. And that's where you can yeah. the number. Yeah. So now you're doing this, you market your business, you found a good buyer, they're going to submit an offer, a letter of intent. And, and now to the first time business seller, they're going to say, whew, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm almost home. Mm -hmm. Tell us, tell us about what this really means when you get this offer. This letter Yeah, I think that's the objective. You know, when you, when you go to, when you put your business up for sale on the market, You've got your package together. You're going out there. You're presenting it to people. The objective is to get an LOI. It's non-binding, but it's it, it could be, you know, but it's basically what the buyer gets out of it is, you know, A, it, it has to describe, hey, do, we agree with the asking price. You know, here's what we're offering. Here's how we're going to finance it, um, you know, based on the information you provided so far. And then. You know, we're going to make this agreement to, to, to now go into diligence, which is after the LOI is signed and in closing. What the buyer gets out of it is exclusive dealing, which is basically, yes, we've agreed we're going to sell you the, the, the price based on this. We can all back out at any time based on what we might find in further diligence. Um, and, you know, it's just like when you sell a house, too, you can get the earnest money in on a deposit. You get our LOI, um, but then the home inspector's got to come. Yeah, make yeah. sure that we don't have a toxic waste dump in the backyard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, and that's true. And that's, that's where, once you get that letter of intent, it really just starts your due diligence period for the buyer to really do a deep dive into your business. Yeah. And due diligence is like, we've given them a book here that they base their offer on and, and they read it and it says, you know, you, you know, it says what your cash flow was. You know historically and all this stuff and what it's going to be going into the future 
you can write anything you want on those reports. <laughs> but yeah. diligence is there to verify that it's actually true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that buyer should, you know, again, qualifying a buyer should be, um, you know, professional that they bring in a, a proper group. Either they have a CPA or they hire a firm, a CPA to come in and do not a full audit, but at least, you know, to go and look at everything and verify that everything that we presented in that offering is true. Yeah. Yep. Because they, they, they're going to, at the very least, take a look at tax records, go from bank statements, you know, so they see the, the money coming in from a, from a customer and going through tax records and everything else to make sure that that's, that it all, and, and it all balances out. Yep. I don't know a better way to say it, but that's, that's what a lot of the diligence is. They might talk to customers. They might talk to um, suppliers. They might, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. They might want to inspect equipment in some cases. Yeah. They'll they'll yeah. want to review contracts. Yeah, you have contracts. all your contracts, you know, yeah. and that service contracts with vendors yeah. that you use, employee yeah. contracts, uh, customer Leases. contracts, of course. Uh, yeah, obviously they're good. That's that, that's the time when they're going to want to review all that. Um, yeah, because there are things in there that would prevent a sale. And, yeah, and again, those things you should review ahead of time and have them ready uh, to for the. Uh, the buyers to go and do that and, and and review them yourself to make sure, is there anything in here that's something that would stop a deal from happening? Yeah. Yeah. You that's know. a good point that that review and preparation for diligence is one of the things I think as a, as a, a do it yourself or business sale person uh, trying to sell it yourself is really preparing more for that ahead of time will save you a lot of headache later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they get to the dual diligence. We're getting down to the end now. And we talk about the purchase and sale agreement. So what's this doing? Yeah, well, that's the next step in the process. And um, actually, I think there's some very good um, websites you can go to, too, that will show you all the documents you need, you know, legal okay. documents you need to go from selling a business all the way through closing. I don't know, LOI. Okay. Um, and some of them you don't need necessarily but a purchase sale agreement is you know that's part of the you know that next step in the diligence is usually there's contingencies on the offer and one of them is that you've got to come up with a purchase sale uh, agreement and um uh and you go back and forth on that and if you can't get one that's agreeable to both of you then you, your deal's not going to get there but that that's when you go to the escrow office and get the, the, the closing attorney um, yep. you know, um, to write up the purchase sale agreement and then, you know, you're going to go and close. And yeah. You the, get a check. <laughs> yeah. And the purchase and sale agreement though, that is, that is the details. That is the every, this is where the money's going. This is where, um, you know, if you're going to pay off your, you know, you got equipment that you got to pay off beforehand. If you're going to keep a car or you're going to, what assets you're transferring with the business, what assets you're keeping, all that stuff is in the purchase and sale agreement. So it's a, it's an extensive document. Yeah. Um, and you and need it. Yeah. yeah. And you need it. Yeah. Because it, it'll spell out the, the, that if you're going to have seller financing and we'll talk about that, you'll probably have a separate, you know, some sort of promissory note for the seller financing, but this is going to say you're going to get paid this amount of money in total 
but you're going to get paid this much at the close minus this much for these taxes minus this much for the debt minus this much for this and that. And this is how much you're and, and seller financing, whatever the heck else. And so, don't, don't forget reps and warranties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it, that, that's often a scary um, proposition for yeah. um, a buyer to, to understand and get around. And attorneys will try to help you. It's normal. Um, but you, you know, they don't, um, uh, you know, you're, you're going to have to provide warranties and representations, um, around the business, mostly around, you know, hidden liabilities. There was a, yeah. a tax bill that wasn't uncovered, you know, something, a lawsuit that comes up after the sale that was on your watch. Those, mm -hmm. those kind of things, you know, they don't leave, you know, yeah. it's always a business risk. You're in business. You're going to always have those risks, but you know, yeah. Uh, and, and then they're put in there to protect um, the buyer from inheriting those mm -hmm. necessarily. So uh, it's a good point. That's a good point. But that purchase and sale agreement, I mean, you can spend a significant amount of time and, and it's usually done by lawyers. So a significant amount of money. Um, if you don't have a good idea of what you are going to do ahead of time. And then, you know, just depending on the negotiation and how it's done mm -hmm. um, and, you can definitely save a little money by um, uh, there are, you know, um, purchase sale agreements, standardized ones yeah. that are used by um, at least in Washington state. Um, yeah. I'm aware of And I think most every state, even through the MLS or the real estate um, commissions have, they have this kind of standardized form. Yeah, if you can start with well, at least it has yeah. a lot of the, the reps and the, already built in, and it could be appropriate for the do-it-yourself kind of uh, seller. Yeah, and then those, yeah. and then when it comes down to the closing, you talked about this a while ago because I think this is this is where you kind of go, okay, we've agreed that we're gonna we're gonna sell on the business and we're gonna close the sale of the business, and that's a good day because everybody gets paid, or or everybody gets a business or they get paid, but it, there is a lot to that day. And what, what people don't realize is that that closing process is, is usually done by a, a closing agent attorney. Um, and walk us through that a little bit and what they're doing there at that, yeah. that thing. So once you've you got your LOI signed and you're going into diligence, you're preparing your purchase sale agreement uh, back and forth between the buyer and seller and your, your counsel, um, you know, there are, uh, and it's not, it's even affordable as escrow. There's escrow attorneys that will handle that process for you. They are attorneys and they do all the documentation, stuff like that, but they don't represent you, the buyer or seller. Typically it's, and it's reasonable to split the cost of that with yeah. the seller. Um, but they'll walk you through the whole thing and everything that you need. And basically they do lean searches and they clear the titles and they, they pull in all the documents that you need, a bill of sale, and, and then, you know, the, in, and they, then when they show up to closing, well, they got a big, well, nowadays you can do it virtually, but yeah. um, you used to show up with a big bag and you sit at a, a table and it's a couple hours of going through a lot of documents to sign and review. Yeah. Um, and even then at that time, you can, you may have to run out and go find something that was missing or overlooked. Yeah. But it, because they, they guide you through that, well, all the, all the things that need to be addressed and signed. Yeah. And it is. And there's a lot of little things too. When you look at some of the things like transfer of a, a building lease. Yeah. Vehicles, 
yeah. know, are involved in the transaction. Yep. If you've got delivery vehicles, titles have to be transferred, taxes yep. have to be paid, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, and those kind of things. And they handle that, escrow handles that. Yeah, they calculate all the amounts and 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 just make sure it's taken out of the proceeds appropriately and file the right stuff with the state and federal government for that that transaction. I mean, it is there's a lot of work that they do, and it's it's a step that you don't I don't think as a do it yourself business seller you would ever want to try because it's not that expensive and you can get yeah, in trouble. It, you it, don't, yeah, the only advice is just um you know don't let don't go to a law firm to do it. They can do it. Yeah, but go to an escrow firm that does that. You know, yeah. that, you know, it's a lot cheaper, and they they know exactly what they're doing. So they yeah, transactions all the time. Get done. They'll get done. And you know, so when we're when we're doing this, I think we kind of walk through the process. You know, you got to prepare for the sale. You got to understand the value. You know, think about the confidentiality. Put yeah. together that marketing package. Well, um, at, at, at closing too, that makes me think about too. Don't forget your 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 corporate documents, um, and yeah. you know uh, your registrations, your state registrations, your your federal uh, business licenses that you have, and if you're in different counties and cities, yeah. you, know, you have them there too. Um, double check on those. Uh, many many you know many business owners get you know incorporate you know have an accountant set them up in business and stuff like that, and then they throw those. You're supposed to do meeting minutes and you're supposed to yeah. keep those things up every year. They throw them on a shelf and never look at them again, which is fine until it's time to sell the company because the escrow attorney is going to want to see that all your registrations are up to date. All your your minutes, meeting minutes have been done, which is in a small business of meeting minutes is, you know, it's a note to yourself. And yeah. you file it with the state and um, and then, you, you you know, and you got to make sure you stay up on on uh, your state licenses and registrations too. Yeah. Cause it'll check all that. It, get all, it all gets checked. And yeah. Yeah. Cause we'll find out at closing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't, didn't pay our annual registration fee with the County or something. Yeah. And, um, um, and we've, we've been through this where and you go down to the courthouse it. and you get it done. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Those kind of things happen. And that, that, that's why that is also too, you, you mentioned this, this, uh, agent escrow agent to help close the sale of a business in a DIY situation, even in, in where professional buyers are doing it, they still use those same kind of people because cool. there's a lot of details in it yeah. and it's well worth it to do that. Yeah. 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 Good. Uh, Good. So when we, when you look at the process and I, we'll, we'll run through a real summary real quick, but what do you think would be the toughest thing about selling a business yourself? Um, you know, I think really, um, it's emotional, Yeah. you know, and I think, um, uh, we, you know, we exist as an industry as intermediaries, business intermediaries to get between the buyer and seller when you're negotiating, um, the sale of your business, it, it can, you know, it's very difficult to not take it personally, um, buyers, you know, uh, are going to say things and their job is to get it for the lowest price possible. <laughs> yeah. Is to get the most. So it's difficult to navigate through that, but I mean, it, it can be done. You just have to, you, you, you have to get the emotion out of it and recognize and understand that knowledge is what frees you up, getting a good valuation, knowing what your number is, what, you know, managing your expectations on this deal. And if you're happy with that, then, then um, go ahead and get get it done and listen to the market, because if 
you know, if it's not happening, most likely it's because you're either asking too much or you have different expectations about that. So if you can get around that, yeah, um, you know, Good. like I said, then it's just following the process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to run through the process real quick, a quick summary. And then, and then I think uh, and then we're going to wrap it up here, Andrew, but uh, you know, really we talked about preparing for the sale and some of the steps we talked about getting the valuation and e evaluating your business, uh, the importance of confidentiality. Uh, and then we talked a bit about the, you know, executive summaries and confidential uh, information memorandum, SIMS, people call them, which explains your business. And then marketing the business for sale and talking about buyers and qualifying buyers and types of buyers. And then working through once you get all that way down there and you're talking to buyers to the letter of intent where someone actually makes an offer on your business and some of the details of that. Then the due diligence period where they can come in and look at all the information and verify that what you said in the in the documents you provided is is accurate to the best they can do. Um, then down then the purchase and sale agreement detailing the where all the money's going, where the details of the purchase. And when you sign it as the seller, you're going to sign that. Yep. What I said was right. Uh, and uh, they're going to sign and then you've agreed on when you're going to do it. Then we go into the final thing of closing the sale. And that's that's when the uh, the escrow people or whoever's doing it checks, like we said, just said, all the taxes, all the registrations for vehicles and leases and anything else. Uh, you know, everything is is paid down to the day that you owned it as mm -hmm. the seller and as the buyer buys it and makes the money transfers everywhere it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the only um, thing I would add to that is there is, it doesn't end there typically, you know, yeah. at closing. So, you know, there's, there's typically, uh, you know, transition is a, is a big yep. thing. You want to make it a successful transition and it is, is typically um, it's uh, uh, it is expected that from uh, the market that you would stay on with, uh, for a reasonable amount of time. And that is something you need to get detailed out yeah. the offer. It's yeah. how much time in it. You, you need, all you need to do is uh, if it's on a consultative basis or if it's maintaining, you know, customers through the transition, you know, you, you'd really need to identify, you know, what, what is the, what is the basic minimum you need to do to help make it a successful transaction? That's it. Yeah. Don't go beyond that. Cause you don't want to be an employee. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Cause I, I got to say that most people, when they come to us and start talking about it, they say, well, I'm, I'd be available for a year or something like that. And, and it's usually 60, 60, days. 60 90 days. And then it's part-time after the first couple of weeks. And it just, it trails off pretty quickly. Cause that new owner, now, honestly, that, that always depends. I mean, it could be yeah. a very complex business that yeah, really needs you need to that's help, true. you know, and, and, and maybe you need to be on there for a, that long a time. Yeah. But generally 60, 90 days, turn the keys over, drive them around the block <laughs> and let them go. Um, and, and then you just, go back and, you know, Hey, here's my phone number and I'm available anytime to help. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, and they will do that, but uh, you don't want to end up working in the business unless you have a contract to do that. And it's something yeah. you want to yeah. do. Um, but. Yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah. we've, we've been involved in those two when the owner stays on for a while as an employee and, and that works out sometimes, sometimes it doesn't so well. And it just, it, it, it it's one of those things. It, you, you just want to get them on because they're going to have their own ideas. They're going to do yep. things different and you just yep. want to show them how you do it and then let them go on from there. That's a good, that's, that's the cleanest way to do it for sure. All right. Well, Andrew, thanks so much. I mean, we wanted to talk today about uh, you know, the DIY business sale. I think we've covered a lot of the points there. We'll make sure to put the links to, to more of the articles that we shared in, in the comments here. But thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for listening sure. today, everyone. Uh, and we will be back again next week. Great.